0: الحمد لله حمدا كثيرا طيبا مباركا فيه كما يحب ربنا ويرضى اشهد ان لا اله الا الله وحده لا شريك له واشهد ان محمدا عبده ورسوله الناصح الامين اللهم صل على نبينا محمد وعلى اله وصحبه اجمعين ومن تمسك بسنته إلى يوم الدين ثم إما بعد الحمد لله على نعوة الإسلام والسنة i praise and thanks be to Allah who has guided us to Islam and who has guided us to the sunnah حدثني جماعة من المشايخ وهو حديث مسلسل بالأولية بإسناد كل إلى سفيان بن عن Amr بن دينار عن أبي قابوس مولى عبد الله بن and عن عبد الله بن بن عاص, عن رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم أنه قال الرحمون يرحمهم الرحمن من في الأرض من في السماء. This is a tremendous Hadith. The Hadith is بالأولية. This was from the first hadith that the scholars, they would teach their pupils when they came to seek knowledge from them. And that is the hadith where the Prophet ﷺ said that those who show mercy, then they will be shown mercy by the Most Merciful. So, show mercy to those who are in the earth and the one who is above the heavens, he will show you mercy. This hadith is tremendous This is tremendous because knowledge is mercy The result of knowledge is mercy here in this dunya And the ultimate goal of knowledge is mercy in the hereafter We have reached the second hadith And that is the hadith of Jibril and I encourage everyone To memorize These hadith And especially as you see It may take us a few weeks To actually finish one hadith The explanation of it So it gives us ample time To remember that hadith And I'm saying that because I know The hadith Jibril is a hadith that may be a little lengthy um, Although there are a hadith that are way longer but it may be a little more lengthy than what we are accustomed to As relation to memorizing a hadith However, if we take it and we break it up bit by bit Sentence by sentence Or full groupings of sentences by groupings of sentences, sentences So on and so forth Then it will become easy to remember With much work, hard work and diligence inshallah. And that's really what it takes Like anything else, you have to put forward effort in order to truly benefit uh, uh, Now Before getting to the explanation Let us go over the hadith of Jibreel bin Ta'ala <coughs> And again because it's a long hadith uh, we'll, يعne, uh, we'll Translate it bit by bit In other words I won't just say the whole hadith And then translate the whole hadith we'll Do it bit by bit, bit ta'ala, So it's more listener friendly yeah? So it's more listener friendly And, um, and <coughs> Umar an Umar Aiban. Uh, Imam he mentions, he says An Umar Anhu that's also narrated on Umar. And remember we took this last week. Why is it also? Is because why? The previous hadith is also narrated Umar. because the previous hadith is also narrated by Umar ali Anhu so the great companion Umar رضي الله تعالى عنه, he said الله الله اليوم, he said that when we were sitting with the messenger of Allah عند رسول الله that there came upon us a man who had on exceedingly white clothes his clothes were exceedingly white His hair was exceedingly black now, His hair was exceedingly black And here really is the point. Well those are you know, tremendous points But here's what draws all of that home Why is it mentioned that his Tawb was exceedingly white wa Why? Why? We didn't see on him any signs of travel we didn't, see any, we didn't see on him any signs of travel Now a person may say Okay, if he's from Medina And he just came out of his house And he came straight to the masjid of the Prophet Then he wouldn't have any He wouldn't have any dust on his clothes Nor on, on, on his hair Right? So his glove would be exceedingly white And his hair would be exceedingly black Right? And he said we didn't see on him any signs of travel. Now, why is all that significant? Because Umar he said, Wala minna He said, but nobody knew him. Right? No one knew him. We didn't. None of us knew who he was. Right? And then Umar he goes on to narrate this story. He said, "Hatta جلسَ إلَى صَلَّى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ until he sat directly with the Prophet Sallallahu الله عليه وسلم for رُكْبَتَيْهِ." And he put his knees to his knees. And he put his hands on his thighs. And the ulama they differ. What does that mean? InshaAllah ta'ala will come to it. But just briefly. They differ. Did he put his hands on the thighs of the Prophet ﷺ, Or did he put his hands on his own thighs? Right? The ulama they say that that which is, يعني رَاجِحْ أَعْلَمْ وأعلم Is that he put his hands on his own thighs. So as to, pay attention. now? In, in, you know, like when you put your hand on your thighs, you, you, your whole oh, the heyah of your body, the positioning of your body is one that you're attentive. You're ready. You're ready, Yani, to receive. So, فوضع كفي على وقَالَ يَا مُحَمَّدَ He put his hands on his thighs and he said, "Oh Muhammad, inform me about Islam. Inform me about what is Islam." That Islam is to bear witness That none has the right to be worshipped The truth except Allah And verily Muhammad is the messenger of Allah And And that verily Muhammad is the messenger of Allah And to establish the prayer And to give charity what to ramadan and to fast in the month of ramadan what to hujj al and to make make to make pilgrimage to the house Nam to make pilgrimage to the house in istata alayhi sabila in istata alayhi sabila if you could do it to make pilgrimage to the house if you have the ability financially and physically to do it to make pilgrimage to the house naam in alayhi sabila صَدَقْتَ So this one, Jibreel salaam, See at this point, Umar, he didn't know who it was. At this point, Umar, he didn't know who it was. It was just, a Yani, a, a strange man that had exceedingly white clothes on, exceedingly black hair, no signs of travel, nobody knew him. Right? So Umar didn't know who he was. Yeah? So he said, meaning Jibreel, the questioner, he said, sadaqt He said, you've spoken the truth. Nah. So Umar Um, He said So we became Amazed by him yes We became amazed by him He's going to ask a question And then verify Its validity Verify it's correct Because typically what When you ask a question You don't know the answer So they were amazed That you're going to ask The Prophet A question And then You're going to say Yeah that's correct So they were amazed by this But so Jibreel عليه الصلاة والسلام he goes on and he asks he says, "Paul, عن الإيمان." So he says, "Now, tell me what iman. Inform me about Iman. What is faith?" Nam, فَقَالَ النَّبِيُّ صَلَّى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمَ The Prophet he said. It is to believe in Allah, and in His angels, and in His books, and in His messengers, and in the Day of Judgment. And to believe in Qadr, the good and the bad of it. To believe in divine decree, the good and the bad of it. So Jibreel, عليه he said, that is correct. And then he said, عَنِ الْإِحْسَانِ he said, so now inform me what is Ihsan? Right? So what is Ihsan? فَقَالَ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وسلم, The Prophet wasallam. he said, أَن, أن اللَّهَ كَأَنَّكَ تَرَى فَإِن لَمْ تَكُن تَرَى فَإِنَّهُ يراك فَإِنَّهُ يراك. أو يراك. Now, The Prophet he said, Ihsan? What is Ihsan? What is having this level of Ihsan in the religion? Right? And I'm not going to translate Ihsan Because I think it's a disservice What is Ihsan? This is the definition Ihsan is to worship Allah as if you see Him It's to worship Allah as if you see Him And although you do not see Him Or you have yet to see Him Verily He sees you فَإِنَّهُ يَرَاكِ He sees you Right. So it's to worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala With this understanding To worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala And you have Yani uh, this consciousness that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is watching you. So therefore that person is going to worship in the most excellent manners. Ma'am? And although he has yet to see his Lord, he knows that what his Lord is watching. So to worship Allah is if you see him, and although you have yet to see him, do you know that he's watching you. He sees you. Ma'am? This is Ihsan. But, fa- after this, he said, Now tell me about the Day of Judgment. And here, the hour, means the Day of Judgment. He said, So tell me about the Day of Judgment. The Prophet, he told him a, a tremendous answer. And this shows us a, a lot of things from that, is that the Prophet, he does not know the unseen. And also, because already we know who is the narrator, right? Oh, who is the questioner? Excuse me. Who is the questioner? And that is Jibreel. This is also an indication that the angels do not know the unseen. Mm -hmm. That neither the prophets nor the angels know the unseen. They only know what Allah has informed them of. And that's it. That's it. They don't know anything else. They only know what Allah has informed them of. Right? They only know what Allah has taught them. They don't know anything else. Now, but. (laughs) <laughs> so when Jibreel asked the Prophet وسلم, So now tell me what is the sa'a Tell me about the sa'a The Prophet وسلم, he said He said the one who is asking the question Or the one who is being questioned He doesn't know any more than the one asking Or the one يعني, who is uh, يعني, uh, 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 the one who's being asked Doesn't know more than the one who is asking the question Meaning I don't know and you don't know None of us know I have no more knowledge about it than you have about it, right? So then Jibreel a.s. he said, He says, so now tell me about, yani Tell me about its signs. Because before the Day of Judgment, before the end of the world, then there are going to be signs that show you that the, that the end of the world is is getting near, is drawing near, Right? So he says, so tell me about its signs Meaning some of its signs Not all of it But tell me about some of the signs of the Day of Judgment The Prophet he said إِن تَلِلَ al He said when a, when a slave girl gives birth to her master When a slave girl gives birth to her master There's a lot of benefits that are contained in that And inshallah Ta'ala we'll talk about it when we get to
1: that
0: point fi al he said, "And when you when you see the, uh, what would you say? When you see the naked, the barefooted, naked, yeah, the, uh, uh, what do you call it? Uh, Bedouins. Destitute Bedouins. We're talking about the Bedouins, right? Those who are desert dwellers, right? When you see the one who is barefoot, naked, destitute, the herders of sheep, the herders of sheep and livestock, right?" When you see them competing in the building and erection of tall buildings When you see them compete with each other to build tall buildings Mm -hmm. Right? subhanallah Mm -hmm. Both of these signs, do we see them? Yes We see both of these signs Mm -hmm. Right? Yani, uh, as far as the person saying What about the the, the, the mother giving birth to her The slave girl giving birth to her mother Right? We've seen this because from, from the meanings of this is that what, um, is that if a, if, if, if a person is in bondage, right? We're not talking about chattel slavery. We're not, this, we're not talking about that. That's, that's a, 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 a barbaric system that's particular to the kuffar. Right? We're not talking about that. But typically, if uh, uh, someone who is indentured servant or someone who is enslaved, if they have a child from the master, right, the the, the, you know, the, the owner is the, is the father, then the children, they're not slaves, they're free. Okay, the children are free. So, this shows that there will come a time where this will become prevalent. That those who are owners of slaves will have children with slaves and the children will become their masters. This is one. Also, it shows that there will come a time where moving between the social classes will be greatly improved. Yeah, I mean, there, there will be movement among social classes. Because typically, back in the days, you'll find there was no movement between social classes. If you was born in a low class, you pretty much stayed in that class. right? If you was born and you was with a, in a high class of society, you pretty much stayed in that class. But there will come a time that there will be people who will be born with nothing from rags to riches. Yeah? They'll be born with nothing and then they'll become the leaders. Then they'll become those who are the affluent. They'll become, 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 become. And that's and that towards the, yeah, the approach of the day of judgment, this will become prevalent. That people will go from nothing to having a whole bunch. They will go from being poor to being leaders of industries, leaders of countries, so on and so forth. That makes sense. Have we seen this? No. Yeah. Okay. We see the desert dwellers building tall, lofty buildings, competing with each other. Have we seen this? Yes. This one build a building as tallest as building in the world. Then this one build a building tallest building in the world. Okay, you build a building tallest building in the world. We are gonna build another building gonna be taller than your building. We seen this, man. Now I want you to I want you to uh, remember this as well. Is that the phenomenon of building tall buildings? There's a lot that goes into what is needed in order to accomplish that. Typically before there was no building of tall buildings, right? The buildings they were wide, so on and so forth. Even here. Right in, in in America in overcrowded places like New York City, for example, right they will only build the building seven stories. That was it, no more than seven stories. Why? Because before the 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 advent of the elevator, nobody want to walk up all that stuff. You understand? So the buildings it started becoming really 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 tall until after the elevator was invented. After the elevator was invented, now, you know, and and, and not not, and not necessarily the elevator itself, not necessarily the elevator itself, more more specifically the braking mechanism on the elevator, because they had freight elevators that they would transport freight and building materials up and down on the elevator, but humans wouldn't take it because if something happened, that cable snapped, it was going to plunge, and everybody was dead. But once they had the locking system that if it falls, the bruise would catch it and it locks, then humans felt safe. Oh, now we can get on it, because if something happens, it's going to lock. It's not going to hit the bottom. We're not going to die. So once that locking mechanism was invented in tangent with the elevator, then they start to build more than, you know, seven stories, right? All of this is showing you the truthfulness, the truthfulness of the prophecy of the Prophet Muhammad and the truthfulness of his prophethood, that he was in fact the prophet and messenger of Allah. Because, for lack of a better term, who can imagine something like that? Right? Who could imagine that? You, can't, you couldn't write this. There's no way, except that Allah informed them that a the time was going to come and this was going to be the, the situation of human beings. They would be competing. And not just that, that they will have tall buildings, but those who were for had nothing. Who were for, nobody in the world was fighting to conquer them. right? Because their land had nothing to offer. So that's why they were destitute. Their land had nothing to offer. They were barefoot, they were poor, barefoot, naked, and when it's naked it means they were clad, they were scabbantly clad. They didn't have a lot of clothes. They mean they were just butt naked, but no, it means that they didn't have enough clothes to cover their bodies, right? So this so they naked, right? But they were they were herders of sheep. This was their main thing. You, this was the main industry. You herd sheep because you're in the desert, what else you got? You bring the sheep with you, and that's you know, that's that's the, the bulk of your capital. Right? Um, but they will go from being that to those who will have an immense amount of wealth, a massive amount of wealth right and we we've seen this where the wealth come from black gold oil you know now you got oil, you have the industrial revolution, you have cars you have motors, so on and so forth now that oil is has has benefited. you go back before the industrial revolution before you had the the, the the engine and so on and so forth. The combustion engine, oil was worth nothing. Even if you found it, it's like, what's that? What are we gonna do with it? I don't know. It it gonna sit there? But after that, right? There came a point where now this oil had what? Had had value. So yeah. I mean, so the point is that when you look at every all the intricacies that are yeah. so I mean, it's amazing. It's amazing. But what's scary is that all of these are signs that the day of judgment is close. Have we seen these things? Yeah, we've seen these things. So. That's the indication That we have to get we have to get ourselves uh, ready. Alakulliha. Then Urmar radiallahu he said, Puman Pulak. He said, Then he left. Then he left. Uh, he said, So I stayed behind for some time. I stayed behind. After he left, I stayed. Then the Prophet he said, Yeah Umar, the man is saying, he said, Do you know who the questioner was? you know what the question that was? For he, knew. he gave a true statement. And this is the way of the, of end is that when you don't know, you say, I don't know. You don't try to guess, you don't try to, you know, want to sound smart, you know what I mean? Don't, you don't know, try to hide the fact that you don't know. If you don't know, then from knowledge, is that you say, I, I don't know. Or you get indication, I don't know. That's from knowledge. Right? That's from knowledge. Never pretend to know something you don't know. If you don't know, say I don't know, because that's the first step, the first key. Now, so now you can go learn it, you can go find it out. So, the Prophet said to me, "Said yeah, Umar, oh Umar, do you know who was the questioner?" So Umar said, "Ya yani, Allahu wa Rasuluhu a'lam." He said, "So I said, Allah is messenger no best, Allah is messenger no best." Now, this statement, the Ummah they mentioned, this, this 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 is is a true, and authentic. And proper statement to say in the time of the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam. When you're talking to the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam, or in his time, then you can say Allahumma Rasulullah. Allah is messenger knows best, right? But after the death of the Prophet وسلم, then the believers we say now what Allahu Rasulullah. Allah knows best. Allah knows best. Now, <coughs> person say, what you gonna do tomorrow? allahu Allah knows best. I don't know. I don't know what I'm seeing I don't know what I'm doing tomorrow. And even if I got plans of what I think I'm going to do hey, How many times your plans don't really go the way you think You thought they were going to go <laughs> <Right>? but, <clears throat> So the Prophet ﷺ, He said Fa bisa, Fa That this was Jibreel He came to you To teach you Your religion That that was Jibreel He came to you to teach you your religion Now hadith Sahih, Rawahu Muslim. Now, Jibreel, who is Jibreel? In English, they call him Gabriel. Right? English, they call him Gabriel. The Archangel, Gabriel. Right? Jibreel, alayhi salam, he is the leader of the angels. Okay? He's the leader of the angels. Jibreel, alayhi salam, uh we don't want to get too much into Jibreel Alin but just so we have an understanding who is Jibreel. Now Jibreel, his name, what it means in Hebrew, is 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 a is it's a compound name. It's not just one word, it's a compound name. It's Jibrah and then Eel. Jibr in it would translate into Arabic as Abd. It means the the servant of, the slave of. This is what Jibreel means in the Hebrew language. Is Abd. The slave of. And Eel was the name in Hebrew for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Ma'am? So in in, in in old Hebrew dialects and texts they refer to Allah as Eel. Eel. So Jibrail means Abdullah. So Jibreel it means Abdullah. That's, if you had to translate it into Arabic, then it would be Abdullah, the servant of Allah. This is the name of Jibra'il. and this is the the uh, the angel. <laughs> there are a few things that we that we benefit from this exchange. Right? The first thing that we benefit from that, that, that comes out and is obvious as Shaykh Abdul Musson Ta'ala uh, he mentions, he says, He said this is a proof. That the angels when they come to human beings They come in a form of human beings That an angel when it comes to human beings They come in a form of human beings And some examples of this Is what comes inside the Quran Is when Jibreel When he came to Maryam when he came to Maryam, the mother of Isa, when he came to Mary, the mother of Jesus, man, he came as what? As a human. As a human. This is why at first she was startled, and she said, "If you fear Allah, stay away from me," because he thought it's a strange man. I don't know this man, if you fear Allah, stay away, get away from me, right? It was only once he informed her he's an angel, then it's different. Okay, this is an angel, right? This owner of the ball game, right? But the point is, is that upon his first coming, she thought he was just a, 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 a man. She didn't She didn't know this is Jibreel. And so he told her who he was. Likewise, here in this hadith, Umar and the other Sahaba who were there, they didn't know that this was an angel. They just thought it was a man. He got he got really white clothes on, really black hair. And we don't see no signs of travel. We don't know him. But also, Maji'i Malaika, Ila Ibrahim, Waluqba, Fisur al bashar Also, when... The Mala'iqan came to Ibrahim and they came to Lukba, they came in the form of men. Right? Now again, when they came to Ibrahim والسلام, Which is another proof that the Prophets and the messengers they don't know the unseen. When they came to the Prophet Ibrahim, والسلام, he, he was startled by them. He didn't know who they were. And so they had to tell him, don't be scared. Because he gave him food. He gave him food and they didn't eat it. Why? Because angels don't eat. Yeah, I mean, they don't, they don't, they don't eat what we eat. They don't eat. So when he gave, when he put the food to them, and they didn't eat, their hands didn't stretch out for the for the food. He he got startled. Why? Because the Arab, Subhanallah, they had uh, nobility and honor with them, right? And from the honor they had with them is that if they came to rob you, they wouldn't eat your food. That was disrespectful. We about to rob you anyway. So why are we gonna eat your food and then rob you too? So if they came to rob you to do something malicious to you, they came to beat you or kill you, then they're not gonna eat your food or you know, they're not gonna accept your hospitality because they know we're here, we got nefarious intentions, we're here to get you. So, you know, it's not it's disrespectful to eat your food and kill you or to or to rob you or to whatever, right? So when he didn't when they didn't put their hands forward, now the, the Prophet Sallallahu Ibrahim alayhi salam. He, you know, he 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 you he don't know now what's going on. They, they they got you know, so they told him Nataka, okay. Don't be scared. That and they informed him that they were angels. Now, adequately have the takeaway is that what is that they did not know that they were angels because they came looking like human beings. Now they came looking like human beings. So this also gives an indication that what because we know that angels don't look like human beings ordinarily. They don't look like human beings ordinarily. So what is this now indication of? The Shaykh mentions, Is that by the permission of Allah, يعني, and, uh, 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 Allah has given them the ability to change their form. To change their form from... Their original form to the form of a human being. So they can they can change their shape. They can shape-shift from looking like an angel to looking like a human being. Allah has given them that ability. And this is something else that we benefit from this hadith. So the person comes, and, and, and again, this is where we draw our aqidah from. The proofs, the texts, the proofs and the evidences. So the person says, do the angels come looking like human beings? Yes. This hadith and those ayat that were mentioned. Uh, do the angels have the ability to change their forms? Well then the obvious draw is yes, because they, they, they look like they're angels, but they come looking like human beings, which means they change the form from an angel to a form of a human being. So they have the ability to change their form and to looking like human beings. Dalil what's the proof? This ayah and those hadith I mean it's the, uh, the, this hadith and those ayat that were mentioned. Yeah. But uh the part Allah subhanahu wa and this is a person saying Okay, well how you know that the original form of don't, is not like human beings? What's, what's the proof that the original form is not the form of human beings? Allah Ta'ala, He says about the mala'ika, He says about the creation, or about yani, how the mala'ika are created. Allah Ta'ala, he says, Alhamdulillah, Alhamdulillah, Fatul al-Samawati wal-Ard, malaika Rusula, that all praise and thanks belong to Allah, who is the fashioner of the heavens and the earth, the one who has made the mala'ika messengers. They and they have wings. They are messengers. And they have wings. Allah Taala he says, wa <laughs> uh, They have wings. Some have two wings. Some have three wings. Some have four wings. <laughs> and, uh, uh, and, uh, and Allah Taala He increases in the creation to what He pleases. Meaning, if, in, in this context, meaning that what? Some angels have two wings, some angels have three wings, some angels have four wings, and some angels have more than four wings. now the Prophet there comes a hadith alayhi, in al Bukhari Muslim. That the Prophet ﷺ, when he asked to see Jibreel in his original form and Allah allowed him yani to show the Prophet how he originally looks in his original form. Right so Remember he came to the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi as, as a human being Looking like a human being Right um, So when the Prophet Sallallahu asked to see what is his real form Yani uh, It comes in a hadith That the angel Jibreel Salam, he, he had Yani Six hundred Jannah He has six hundred wings Six hundred wings That's the, he, Jibreel is tremendous There really no joke that's one another class Jabril ain't no joke That's what Ben-Israel didn't like Jabril Because when they got time to get punished Jabril was the one who came down and punished them Jabril is no joke Strong, mighty, powerful Right? Adequately have 700 wings And and, 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 and in that hadith The Prophet said, He mentioned that you know, Between each wing there was falling all types of gems And jewels and precious stones you know, Beautiful, colorless, precious stones And that was falling from the wings of Jibreel Salam. He is a magnificent creature. But <laughs> So this is one of the things we benefit from Jibreel coming, looking like a man. Also, we benefit something that is tremendous, and that is that when Jibreel والسلام, he came to the Prophet والسلام, He came to the Messenger of Allah والسلام, and he sat... Yani in front of the messenger sallallahu wasallam, wa Yani Bayanu shayin min adab al al Is that this shows us something We benefit from it to show us What is the proper conduct Of the student of knowledge When he sits with his teacher That the student When he sits with his teacher What's the proper conduct? And that proper conduct is that the student They will get as close as they can and they will face the teacher and be attentive. They'll be close, face the teacher and be attentive. This is from the, the characteristics of the student of knowledge. Because remember, Jibreel, he came asking questions. So he came and his disposition was that of a student. His disposition was that of a student. So now we benefit from his disposition the way the student should be. Right? We benefit from his disposition the way the student should be. Now in the also we benefit from this that a person who's asking a question, <inaudible> is that he is not restricted to only ask about affairs that he don't know they're ruling. Right? This is an indication that. The students or the, the person If you have a question Your questions do not have to be Restricted to things you don't know That makes sense? Mm-hmm. Right بَلْ يَنْبَغِي لَهُ أَنْ يَسْأَلَ وَهُوَ عَالِمٌ بِحُكْمِ But Rather it is incumbent for him Sometimes it becomes incumbent upon him To ask questions That he already knows the answer to Why? Why? لَيَسْمَعَ الْجَوَابِ So that those who are present Can hear the answer So he's not really asking Because he want to know He's asking what? So other people can hear the answer That makes sense? He's asking so other people can hear the answer Now When a person asks a question So other people can benefit from it then in that case, that questioner is the teacher. That makes sense. All right? In that case, that questioner, then he is the teacher. Because he's indirectly teaching. Right? But when he had that Nesaba sallallahu alayhi wa ship hadith al And for this reason, in the end of the hadith, the Prophet ﷺ, he he connected to Jibreel what? That he's the one that taught That Jabril came to you to teach you your religion Now he was asking questions So he came and his disposition was that of a student But because he was asking questions here We knew the answer to Then in fact he was what? He was the teacher by proxy He was the teacher by proxy Naam uh حَاصِلٌ مِنَ النَّبِي صَرَىٰهِ سَلَّمْ Even though the actual lesson came from the Prophet صَرَىٰهِ سَلَّمْ مِأَنَّهُ الْمُبَاشِرُ Lehu because he was the one that actually gave Yani the, the, the lesson. Well in a and by proxy it's, it's to Jibreel uh, because he was the cause the Yani the reason fi because he was the reason that the answer came. So therefore what in essence Jibreel was the teacher, والسلام, and that's why the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam mentioned that he came to you to teach you your religion. He came to you to teach you your religion. Another takeaway we get from this hadith is that what? This hadith has in it the explanation and a lesson about the religion, about all of Islam. And this is why the, the ulama, they named this hadith Umm Sunnah, the mother of the Sunnah. Because it contains in this hadith all of Islam. Right? The foundations. And then what? From that, then you will extract all the other rulings. Right? And so on and so forth. But as far as the the the, the, the origin, the foundation of all of the religion, is right here in this one hadith. It's right here in this one hadith. Ya Na'am? So, again, that will show us and give us some scope and understanding of the... Tremendous nature And how important How vitally important This hadith is Now This is in a, a summarized Explanation But just know That this hadith If you were to explain it Will be in A lot of volumes A lot of volumes Each and every single point It goes to all the intricacies And that which is connected To it and so on and so on. So many volumes It's a tremendous hadith And from that We also benefit and see how These hadith that I mentioned here in and then they are yali from the foundations of the religion. These are foundations. These are These are principles of the of the religion. And also too, I guess I'll tell you now, but at some point you was going to learn it anyway. Um, the Arba'in of Imam and is forty two hadith. Forty two, right? Forty two hadith. However, in this class, we don't go over fifty. Because uh, Imam Ibn Rajab, he brought eight more hadith that were hadith that were also hadith of principles of the religion, Kawa'id of al deen He brought eight more hadith, right? Um, so we we're also we're going to go over Shaykh He also goes over those eight hadith. So by the time we're done with Taala, we have went through fifty hadith that all are fundamental principles of the religion. And contain fundamental principles Of the religion Uh, So everyone is encouraged To memorize these ahadith Because it will give you a very strong Understanding Of the Deen of Al-Islam It will give you a very well overview Of the Deen of Al-Islam And it will give you those fundamental principles That you will need to build upon them To have a deep understanding Of of the Deen of Al-Islam Of which you will not get if you don't know these four these fifty hadith. No? That makes sense? But the faknah? We, we agree? No. We agree? Alright. No. Alhamdulillah inshaAllah. But no. then Yaani, yeah, the sheikh he gets into Ya'ani, yeah, the first question that Jibril alayhi salatu salam he asked the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, Ya Muhammad Fahwini uh Ya Muhammad Akhbirni al Islam. Oh Muhammad tell me what is Islam? But inshallah, we'll save that to the next class and we'll pick up from that point.